Welcome to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of the show. This podcast is designed to inspire and empower you to start and maintain your own wellness journey so you can become the best version of yourself. Let's begin. Hello fam, welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell, and today we are really diving into the world of wellness. This whole new year is all about wellness and how to be the best version of yourself, how we can live our most healthiest, happiest lives, and really enhancing our well-being in the best possible way. And today's podcast episode is one that I have been doing a lot of behind the scenes work on, and it's all about EMF. So I've always been someone who's been really mindful about carrying, let's say like my cell phone in my bra. When we were house hunting, I was a damnedent that we didn't buy a house behind or next to like a hydro field. And today's podcast episode with our special guest is really diving into the short-term and long-term health risks of EMF exposure and radiation. We live in a world where it's very hard to get away from all of this. So we really talk about practical ways that we can reduce our exposure to it. How do we live in a modern world with it? And why we should be more mindful of this because let me just tell you the health risks associated with EMF exposure and radiation will blow your mind. You are definitely going to want to rethink some of the things that you do in your daily life, especially when it comes to this stuff. So who is our guest today? Our guest at the show is R blank. R is the CEO of Shield Your Body, whose mission is to make technology safer. With hundreds of thousands of customers in over 30 countries and having been interviewed on platforms ranging from ABC Television to Electric Sense, R is an internationally followed expert on issues of EMF, health and safety. He was inspired to create SYB when he co-authored the best-selling book, Overpowered, with his father, Dr. Martin Blank, one of the world's leading EMF scientists. He has degrees from Columbia University and UCLA and now hosts the Healthier Tech Podcast. On today's episode, we talk about the short and long-term health risks associated with daily exposure to EMF practical advice for reducing EMF and radiation in our lives. We also discuss the things we can introduce into our lives to better help protect us against EMF, how EMF affects our immune system, and how many sources of EMF are currently in our home, and so much more. This was a real eye-opening podcast episode. R is full of knowledge. He is an expert in this field. We talk about so much on this podcast episode, and I know this is one that's really going to make you rethink how you are living your life 
with the potential of exposure to EMF radiation. And I'm hoping it gives you some tips to start to reduce it into your life so that we can all live happier, longer lives. You know, there's this saying that it's not one thing to live a happy long life. It's one thing to live a disease-free, happy, long life. And today's episode will hopefully get you on that path. We are all about wellness here at Balance Your Life podcast. Wellness has been the theme of 2022. And one of my favorite wellness hacks is energy bits. Energy bits are tiny nutrition tablets made purely of algae, a sustainable whole food crop that supports your body and immune system. Some of the benefits include better physical performance, reducing heavy metals and toxins, improving memory, supporting the immune system, recovery from physical exercise, and so much more. I add a handful of these tablets into my smoothies every single day. You've likely seen them on my Instagram stories. It's easy to do, it requires little effort on my end, and it makes a huge difference in my well-being. Right now, Energy Bits is giving all Balance Your Life podcast listeners 20% off when you use code MEGAN at checkout on any of their products online. That's code M-E-G-H-A-N at checkout for 20% off of your orders online. You can use the link in the show notes to get your bag of LG tablets today. Check out my brand pitch template, your guide and step-by-step template to becoming a nano and micro wellness influencer. In this guide, I will teach you how to find collaborations and partnerships, how to diversify your reach, pricing yourself, plus you'll receive a very special bonus that I've included. You can use the link in the show notes to check it out and grab your copy of my brand pitch template today. Without further ado, please welcome our blank to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, R. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm really looking forward to this chat. I would love to know if you could give a short little bio of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining us from and where you are based out of, because I know okay. it's different right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I uh, SYB, my company, Shield Your Body, uh, we're based in Las Vegas. And at the moment, I'm 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 dialing in uh, to to chat with you from uh, the Pacific coast of of Panama. Amazing! And for anybody who is like, "Oh, Shield Your Body," this sounds cool. Like, what what is Shield Your Body, and how did you get into the space of creating this product? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Shield Your Body, uh, which is at shieldyourbody.com. Um, the mission at Shield Your Body is to make technology safer for you to use and to enjoy. So we do that in two primary ways. One is through education on safer ways of using technology. That Well, also the health risks that come from modern technology, as well as safer ways to use technology. And then the other component of the company is the catalog 
of, of products that we make and uh, design and produce and sell that are laboratory tested to reduce your exposure to EMF radiation, which is, uh, which is emitted by all modern technology. In terms of how I got into this, I used to be in, in software development. I did. Uh, I had a, a an agency in Los Angeles, and we built um, large scale uh, enterprise software applications for a wide range of companies like Apple, Microsoft, IKEA, Mattel. And it was about 2012. And my father, his name was Dr. Martin Blank, and he was one of the world's leading researchers into the subject of EMF radiation and its health effects. And he'd gotten a contract to write a book. Uh, and he, my, my dad was a great writer, but his experience really was communicating to other scientists, other academics, advocates, and so forth. This book was meant for the normal, wide consumer audience. And so he asked me for some help. Uh, at that point, uh, as I mentioned, I'd been in software development. I'd, I'd written a book. I, was t- I taught on the faculty of the University of Southern California, uh, Vitterby School of Engineering. So I had a lot more experience kind of communicating in, in these ways. And so he asked me for help. And that's what I did. I jumped in, I, I co-wrote, the book became known as uh, Overpowered. It is still today one of the, the best books on this subject of EMF and health effects. And in the course of writing that book, it really hit home to me. Uh, well, let me, let me step back one second. I mean, obviously, you know, my father being, you know, my, my father, I, I knew him my whole life. Uh, so I was aware of the work that he did. Uh, and so that's why, for instance, I never had a microwave oven. And when I eventually got a cell phone after college, I knew never to hold it up against my head. But that was really kind of the extent of it. And in the course of writing Overpowered, I really realized just how strong the science is indicating uh, human harm and, in fact, harm to all living things from these forces. And then, you know, you start to realize this, these for, EMF comes from uh, the sources of EMF form the entire uh, infrastructure of modern life, right? So it's our economy, it's our society, it's how it's how we do our jobs, it's how we communicate with people, it's how we entertain ourselves, it's how we store and prepare our food. Uh, so you can't go back to a life without EMF unless you're willing to go back to 1850. So I realized there had to be safer ways to use this technology, and that's where the idea came from for what becomes uh, SYB. This is such an interesting topic, and it's something that I've been talking a lot kind of behind the scenes with, you know, friends, family, and it's this, I think for me, it kind of really came into play when we could go into a whole other topic about this, but when COVID hit and everybody was really kind of like in this limbo about vaccine, not vaccine. And I don't want to dive into that because I feel like that's just like a whole other can of worms to open, but I was kind of blown away how this was consuming so much of our lives and how yet we are so, we expose our things to danger, radiation, EMF, all these other things that can impact, you know, the cells of our body, our health and wellness in our daily life. That's not a vaccine that may or may not help out with this COVID. And I the more I kind of was thinking of it, like, you know, we, we don't know what to do about getting vaccines or the flu shot or, but yet so many of us are spending hours and hours and hours on our phone. Our phone is in our pocket. It's on our lap. It's, you know, we live behind towers and, 
it's just, it's all around us. And, you know, listening to some people speak about it in this wellness space, they're like, you know, like, I don't have like one of those nest systems at home, because I feel like it gives off dirty electricity. And it just really got my mind thinking of like, how much we do on our daily basis, like you said, a microwave, which I know everybody in friends, family in my inner circle that they have a microwave, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to kind of like, well, no, like everybody just like you have a microwave, like that's the norm. Yet, other things that we look out on are like, no, that could be scary, that could be dangerous. But we do things in our daily life that all already expose us to disease and radiation and EMF. I would love to know what, besides a microwave, what are things that we have in our daily life that are leading to exposure to EMF and radiation? Sure. So, well, uh, let me step back even one bit, right? Cause I said, you know, you'd have to go back to 1850 to get a life without EMF. What I w- what meant was you'd have to get a life without human-made EMF because there are certain forms of EMF that are naturally occurring. The, the one that everyone knows uh, is sunlight. Sunlight is a natural form of EMF, and it's essentially, with a couple of minor exceptions like the Earth's magnetic field, it's essentially the only form of EMF that all life on Earth evolved uh, to, to live with. Now, there are a few forms of EMF with even more energy than sunlight, and these are things like uh, X-rays and gamma rays, and everyone knows these are really, really harmful, even in very, very small doses. So that's why when you go to the dentist and you get an x-ray, they put on a lead jacket and they leave the room while it's happening, right? Because that's how harmful that stuff is. So the forms we're talking about have less energy than sunlight. And we call these, you know, radio frequency or microwave or ELF. And these come from anything that runs on power and anything that communicates wirelessly. So I mentioned 1850, the reason I picked that number, and it's not an exact number, it's an approximate number, because that's when the light bulb came about. The light bulb was really the first source of exposure of human-made EMF. And then you had the development of a power grid to power the light bulb, because everyone wanted a light bulb. And then once you had this power grid in place, people started building out uh, new appliances to run on that network. And so each of these became new sources of exposure in our lives. Uh, as, as well as the power lines, right, that, that, that run all of these things. Eventually, they realized you could send signals uh, remotely, wirelessly, using EMF radiation. And so that's when you get technologies like FM radio, television, radar, eventually cell phones, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. So to answer your question, it basically, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that emits this stuff. And, and that's part of the, the real issue these days, because it, 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 it keeps, um, it keeps the number of sources of exposure in our lives keep increasing often exponentially, right? It wasn't, it wasn't too long ago that no one had, well, actually stepping back, it wasn't too long ago that no one had Wi-Fi in their houses. Now everyone has Wi-Fi. Not only do they have Wi-Fi, they have a ton of Wi-Fi devices. But it wasn't too long ago where no one's uh, thermostat was a wireless device. Now, you, because you mentioned the Nest, it wasn't too long ago that no locks had, were a source of EMF, right? It wasn't too long ago that watches weren't a source of EMF. It wasn't too long ago that headsets weren't a source of EMF. And yet all of these are increasingly the wireless versions of these products are increasingly popular. So as you look around a modern house, 
you know, you're seeing dozens, if not hundreds of these sources. And if you live in an urban area, like in an apartment building, uh, you're exposed not only to yours, but to those from all of uh, the apartments and structures nearby. And so we're talking about a lot of concurrent exposures that, that accumulate over time, which is why I believe this is uh, not, not just me, why I and many others believe this is a growing health risk. I was listening to, I brought him up a few times on the podcast because I think he's a really interesting guy, but it was Ben Greenfield. And he was talking more or less about how like our, the biology of the body and maybe he goes, maybe in, you know, hundreds of years it changes, but it hasn't caught up to all this exposure that we're getting, you know, from 5g, like the body can acclimatize more or less. It can adapt to certain things, especially like, you know, the sun and stuff like it, it has learned to filter that out but we all of a sudden it seems like in the past 10 15 20 years even even shorter than that we have like you said everything has gone wireless and our bodies are just not used to being able to deal with that and I remember reading about when 5g was coming out and in the wellness space because I know techies love this stuff in the wellness space people were going like how how safe is this actually and when they came to, a, I think you'll appreciate this. When they came to like put in like Bell TV into our house, I asked the guy, I was like, can we do something other than like 5G? And he looked at me and he goes like, that's not an option. It has to be 5G because I'm trying to be really, really mindful about all of this stuff. But even, I would love to even back up a little bit about that and say like, why does this stuff kind of matter like why why should we be a little bit more concerned about the exposure that we're doing if somebody is like well you know like I throw my coffee in the microwave for 20 seconds like how much harm is that actually doing to me and like is it really that bad to be using a cell phone and being on it like why why does this stuff matter yeah so it gets to I mean, one of these, one of the challenges when, and it's not just about EMF, it's about a lot of these, a lot of these toxins in our environment is that, you know, if something causes immediate harm, you really worry about it. And if something causes harm in the long term, you know, maybe it's easier to put it out of mind. And then especially with technology, right? Because we love technology. We are dependent on technology. Increasingly, many of us are addicted to multiple forms of technology. And so you don't want, you know, you don't even want to think about the potential harm because you need it to do your job. You need it to stay in touch. You need it to get that, that dopamine rush from updating your feed uh, or pinging notifications on your phones. And then you add to it the fact that uh, EMF is into- uh, entirely invisible. You can't see it, touch it, taste it, smell it. And, and, and so for, for all of these reasons, it's very easy to put it out of mind. The thing in terms of why, hmm, why people, well, how, how, I think, I think your question is really kind of getting into kind of considering what the risk is and how to modify your behavior in the face of that risk. So the risk is, I would say, quite significant. The risk is not immediate harm, right? The risk is not that you're going to turn on your phone and get cancer the next day. The risk is, uh, although there are some short-term uh, health impacts. So for instance, um, for a lot of people who have trouble sleeping, uh, when they learn you know, the types of things that I, I, I'm sharing and they turn off their Wi-Fi at night, 
their sleep can improve within one to two days. There are scientific studies showing uh, that men who carry their phones in their pockets suffer from uh, significantly decreased sperm counts or infertility. When they stop carrying their phones in their pockets, uh, their sperm counts can, can rebound. Uh, so there are some definitely, there's definitely some short-term impacts, but really the bigger concerns are these longer term things. And so I would say, you know, you have to realize that this stuff is bioactive. This stuff is harmful, but you can't escape it all. Right. So I, people like me don't go around saying EMF is harmful, get rid of it because that is impossible. In fact, that's kind of how I started talking to you today, right. Explaining that that's, that's not possible. And so it really is a matter of reducing your exposures that, that don't add any value to your life. So I, I personally am very opposed to microwave ovens uh, for a variety of reasons, but they are very, very large sources of you. I mean, they're, they're, they are super high powered devices. So if you are going to use a microwave, you know, get into the next room while it's on, you know, cause distance really makes a big difference. Um, but, you know, when it comes to all of these new smart devices in your life, don't, 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 don't increase your exposure unless that thing is really going to add value to your life. That is how I recommend approaching those decisions. And the other is just take some basic precautions in how you use this technology, right? So I'm not telling you to give up your cell phone. I would say don't carry it in your phone or bra, which a lot of people do. Uh, and, or if you do to put it into airplane mode, I also mentioned just before, right. Turning off your Wi-Fi at night. That's when you're not even using the Wi-Fi. Why get those exposures? So cut out the extraneous and unnecessary exposures. And when it comes to adding new exposures into your life, really think about whether this is something you really will get value from or whether you're buying it just because it's tech. No, thank you so much for saying that. And I think that's what I really appreciate about what you're doing is you've, you know, you even said, we can't really get away from this. A lot of us depend on it for our jobs. You know, even in my head, I'm thinking when you had mentioned about x-rays, I go, well, like if somebody is an ultrasound tech or an x-ray tech or a doctor, like they're exposed to it. And it's (laughs) even with the dentist now, you know, they do x-rays of my teeth and I'm always going, do I have to get this done? today. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, "Mm," you know, because I and that's these are things that I've become more aware of is like the fact that yes, they leave the room, they they put the lead bib on you, if you will. And even to if I have to microwave something in the oven, I'll put it in, I'll press start and I bolt away from it as fast as I can. And I don't know, like, it's just it's almost become a little bit more intuitive to me to like, stop, stop exposing myself unnecessarily. I do the airplane mode at nighttime too. I've been on a crusade with my dad because he does, he's like, I can't sleep at night. I'm like, because you have like a million gadgets going on in this room, like turn it off. (laughs) TV, you know, like people who always have TVs on, I'm like, why? Like turn it off during the day, especially if you're, you know, some people are like, well, I just like it for sound. It's like, I don't know. I, I feel like we've got to come up with different reasons as to why we're always addicted to technology. I would love to know in a realistic world for somebody who maybe has to work or lives in, you know, Toronto, Las Vegas, what are things that you think we could absolutely get rid of or reduce in our 
in our world, make, maybe we don't need wireless locks in our house, but what are things that you think are like, we could definitely get rid of and it would make a huge difference in our life? Sure. Well, I mean, everyone has to go through that decision-making process on their own, right? So, um, because I'm not here telling, well, there, I'll, I will have a few exceptions to this um, in a second, but I'm not here to tell people what technology to use or what technology not to use. In general, I want to make people aware that there is a cost to your health and your health risk from these exposures. And so when you're evaluating a new technology or how you use a technology, it's not just getting the benefit out of the technology. There's also the cost of engaging with that technology. So you have to engage in a more mindful cost benefit analysis. Someone like me leads, I mean, I, I run a business uh, right now. I'm talking to you on a, on a nice MacBook pro, you know, I, so there are certain pieces of technology that I use and I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, but overall, I'm a relatively low tech guy, uh, which is a big difference from back when I was in software. I loved gadgets. I, I, every new gadget I could get. Um, so I would never put a, you know, a Wi-Fi lock on or a Wi-Fi thermostat. I would avoid a smart meter. But everyone has to kind of go through that process themselves um, and decide what really adds value. That said, I am, a, I am vocally against wearable technology. And the reason is there's, <laughs> there's two things, right. That, that contribute to your, your exposure, right. There's how strong the signal is and then how long you're using it. And so when, when, you know, for instance, I tell people not to carry their phone in their pocket or their bra, right. Because when, when it's, when you're carrying your phone in your pocket or your bra, the phone is right up against your body, which means you are getting the maximal possible dose. If you move it even two or three inches away, and it should be much further, but if you even move it two or three inches away, you've radically reduced your exposure from that device. Uh, when it comes to wearables, you can't move it further away. They are designed to be worn on your body. A lot of them are designed to be worn on your head, which is obviously in close proximity to your brain, but also to your eye and some very important nerves. So an example of that are Apple AirPods and other Bluetooth headsets. I, I am very opposed to those. Uh, so w when I said earlier, I, I don't go around telling people not to to use technology, just to use it more uh, mindfully. And, and uh, Apple AirPods are a big exception to that because not only are you wearing them in very close proximity to some very important parts of your body, you're wearing them for extended periods of time, which increases your exposure. So now we have a Ray-Ban, um, Ray-Ban, I forget what, what they called it. Uh, maybe it's Ray-Ban stories. Uh, the face, the, 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 the Facebook glass is made by Ray-Ban. Snapchat has, I think, uh, the spectacles or something like that. So Snap has uh, wearable glasses. Apple is going to be releasing glasses. These, I mean, fortunately, Google Glass uh, was a, a failure, um, but now these are real products from real brands that have been designed for consumer use, consumer acceptance. These are also going to be sources of very high exposures. They don't have to be as strong as a cell phone in order to be a, 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 an exposure of significant concern. And again, there's no way to use those devices more safely because they are right up against your body. So the wearable tech is, it's what I'm most worried about these days, because I think we're finally hitting a point where the companies are designing products that, that are compelling to people, unlike, for instance, Google Glass or even the Oculus VR headsets, which are just not mass market products. Uh, we're finally getting to the point where 
they're doing it. They're doing it in ways that appeal to consumers and they're going to be marketing them to children. And that is where I am. I'm most, well, I say most worried. And that's where, that's where I'm most vocal in my opposition is, is to those types of wearable technologies. But in general, I don't, I wouldn't have a smart lock. I wouldn't have a smart thermostat. I don't even see the value in a smart fridge, right? What, what, what is that? I mean, can you not order your own grocery? I mean, like what? I don't know. I don't understand why you need that. And so uh, in general, I don't engage with most smart tech, but some of it can add value. Uh, and, and, you know, if it does, if you get real value out of it, then, you know, do it. Thank you for speaking on that. I, have somebody in my life who is every new gadget that possibly could come out they have and I'm like I don't even like going into your house because it's just so like <laughs> I just feel like it's so EMF um and even like the Apple AirPods those I feel like the moment I saw those I was like I feel like this is not a great idea to be sticking these into our ears and I remember listening a while ago about even the idea of speaking on a cell phone, if you could put it on speaker and keep it away from you because you didn't want it close to your brain. And I feel like these are all things, like you said, they're not necessarily immediate in our world. Like you're not going to hold the phone up to your brain and go, I got brain cancer. But these are long-term potential effects. And maybe even to give it a little bit more of like a real world context, and maybe if you are able to speak on it, I would love to know. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer when he was 25. Um, so like I wasn't in the picture, but they had lived behind a, a tower field. And he says the doctor had, uh, that was one question, you know, do you do this? Are you you know, a doctor? You're exposed to x-rays. Do you live behind like a tower field? And he was like, yes, like it literally it's on our back. It's in our backyard. And he, the doctor didn't really say anything about it, but I remember like having this conversation and going, that's so interesting to me that a doctor would ask that. And then, I mean, I wish they had follow up to say, you know, why they, why they had asked that question, but it's amazing to me that I feel like a lot more medical professional professionals are kind of aware of it, maybe, maybe not, but that these things are just so acceptable in our society. Yeah, well, I think awareness in the medical community is 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 slow going, but it is growing. Uh, earlier this year, I attended, um, it was virtually because, you know, 2021, uh, but the EMF medical conference, and that was put on, uh, the presenters uh, were by and large doctors uh, and scientists uh, but presenting to doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals uh, on the state of the science. So you see awareness growing. I think that that's for sure. In, but, but it has, you know, it has been slow. You, one example I, I, I would, I would, I, I would just bring up and, and, and talk about with your listeners. There was a doctor uh, and you'll have to forgive me. I forget the year, but it was a long time ago. And his name was Semmelweis. And uh, he, he was working in a hospital and there was just very high rates of mothers dying in childbirth. And he postulated that maybe we should wash our hands before helping the women give birth. And, and he did the work and he saw the mortality rates plummet. And he 
he, he theorized on the presence of these germs that if you wash your hands, they go away. But of course, the doctors couldn't see the germs and they thought he was nuts and they laughed him out of the field. Uh, he was committed and ended up committing suicide. And of course, we know he was right. Uh, sometimes it takes time for medical communities to accept things, even when, in, like in the case of Semmelweis, he was able to demonstrate that what he was saying was true. You know, it still takes time. There's built in. So like my father, I mentioned, he was one of the, the leading researchers in, in EMF and health effects. But when he went to uh, graduate school, he was taught this stuff was harmless. When he was teaching at Columbia Medical School for the first couple of decades of his career, he taught that this was harmless. It wasn't until, you know, he, he happened to, to come across some science that, uh, that a, a colleague of his had done. Uh, that that he started asking questions and, and he went and he spoke, this was Dr. Reba Goodman and he went and he spoke with her. He learned about her work uh, and then they started actually collaborating on, on reason. But the point is my father who became one of the, the leading uh, academics and scientists in this field, he had been taught the complete opposite. And in fact, he had been teaching the complete opposite. This stuff, it takes time to change minds, but the science is strong. And again, cancer gets a lot of the, the airplay because it is so terrifying, uh, but it is not just cancer, right? So we have multiple immune condition. We have, and when I, when everything I'm about to say is backed up by science, right? So we have decreased immune function, heightened autoimmune function. We have infertility and subfertility in men. We have increased rates of miscarriage uh, in women. We have birth defects, higher rates of birth defects in children when they are exposed in utero. We have sleep disruption. We have anxiety. We have memory, cognitive issues that are emerging, not only in, in adults, but particularly in children. We have uh, just a whole series. So here's the thing that I want people to, one, if, one of the things I want people to take away from this interview. When, when, when you hear people like me talk about EMF, right? They, we talk about all of these different health effects. And it sounds a little crazy. Like how can this one toxin create all of these different health effects. But what the truth is, is that you are seeing these health effects in basically every biological system that is measured, right? So if you, if you, if, so it's not just brain tumors, it's multiple types of tumors. It's thyroid tumors, it's colorectal, it's breast. You see it not just in tumors, right? But you see it in, in, in uh, the function of your endocrine system. You see it in so many different places. And you might wonder why, and there, there's a lot of potential reasons why, some of which, you know, if you want, we can talk about. Uh, but the point is, the, the, the fundamental mechanism, we, we, we evolved to live with a certain type of EMF exposure, like I mentioned, which was sunlight, almost entirely sunlight, a couple, a little like the Earth's magnetic field. That was essentially it. And we have now been bombarding our, our environment with this stuff uh, more and more and more every year. And our bodies, and it's not just our bodies, it's all, it, it really is all life. It's all other animals. It's all plants. Uh, our, our bodies and all life have just not evolved to cope with these exposures. And it will take a long time for our bodies to evolve to cope with these exposures. And by then the exposures will be much, much greater. So that, that is, you really do see these health, these negative health outcomes in essentially every biological system that is measured. 
I would love if you had mentioned we could talk about the reasons why this is so why why this is all happening with maybe making it you know in more in layman terms if we could talk about it because I will say 99.9% of the people who've come on this podcast have and I've openly talked about this I've been blown away by the people who have come on that say they had an autoimmune disease that they have anxiety and depression that they have some sort of like mind-blowing amounts of like disease and cancer and I've said you know like maybe it's just because I'm older and maybe I'm just like more prone to hearing this but I feel like I just don't remember being younger and hearing all of these diseases. I will say too, and maybe this is like interesting for you too. I moved from an area in Toronto to this place called Pickering in Ontario. And Pickering is known to have a nuclear power plant. And I, when we moved there, I'm not kidding you. I knew five people, you know, brothers or sisters of people who had cancer. And I'm trying to, it was the, a blood cancer and like tumors. And I remember being like, wow, that is really weird. Like that, that's such a, like, it seems to be very prevalent here. And I, you know, everybody joked around, like, be careful around the nuclear power plant. Like don't go swimming in the nuclear power plant lake and jokes aside, you go, this could be like a real actual issue here. Yeah. So in terms of, and there, there are several mechanisms that um, that have uh, that that uh, have been demonstrated when it comes to EMF exposure, but there's one that I find that's really powerful for, to help people understand, right? And this science, this is strong science. It goes back to the 1990s. It has been replicated multiple times. There were a couple of doctors, uh, Dr. Henry Lai and Dr. Narendra Singh, and they at the time it was the 90s, so they were studying cordless phones, not cell phones, uh, but it's very similar type of radiation. And what they showed by, by studying rats uh, is, is that, is that uh, exposure to cordless phone radiation increased something called strand breaks in the DNA. So DNA, as we all know, it's the, it's the fundamental building block, right? Because it has all the information. It stores all the information that defines all of our biological systems and defines us as creatures. And DNA in uh, almost every cell uh, in our body has two strands and the, the two strands are mirrors of each other, right? So what they found is that exposure to cell phone radiation led to strand breaks. That's where the, the strand of DNA breaks. Now, when, when one strand breaks, the cell has a, can look at the other strand, right? Which is the mirror image and say, oh, I can recreate the, the broken parts, but that process isn't foolproof. So that leads to, that's where mutations come from. If both strands break, that's a double strand break, the cell will actually either die or kill itself. Apoptosis is a process by which it'll kill itself. That's actually, a, I mean, you certainly don't want all the cells in your body dying, but that is actually a preferred outcome because the, the cell can't mutate at that point. If it's, if it's going to die, right, it won't mutate. So if you have a single strand break, that's what creates the potential for mutation. Now, what they showed is exposure, even very, very short exposure, just a few minutes to cordless phone radiation led to significant increases in the occurrence of strand breaks, both single and double 
uh, strand breaks. Even more worrying from their data was that this process continued for hours after the exposure. So DNA, right, it's in every cell of every living thing. That is one reason, and, and, and we see that EMF exposure uh, can harm DNA in a way that leads to uh, DNA mutations. DNA mutations are a core mechanism by which disease is formed. So we're talking about uh, the, something that is in every cell, not just of my body and your body, uh, but, but uh, your pets, uh, the trees outside your window, all marine life, all birds, everything shares this. And we see the impact that this can have on DNA. That is one of the mechanisms. There are others we could go into, but that, that just shows you uh, a very powerful, I think, example of the type of mechanism that's at play and why it can impact basically every biological system of every living thing, because we're hitting these very fundamental mechanisms. Thank you for speaking on that. I think it's 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 a really, really interesting topic. And I think if we can make it more like applicable in the real world for a lot of people, you know, a lot of us just can't go live in a cave and meditate all the time, although that sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> just to, you know, give people like people, I think a lot of the time people know things that they shouldn't be doing. And then when you kind of give very specific reasons like hey this is why you shouldn't carry a cell phone in your breast pocket or in your pants and this is the science behind it it starts to make it a little bit more tangible and like reasons like oh okay this is actually not a great thing and I think a lot of the time like we're prone to seeing like what is the evidence behind this what is the scientific benefits or you know the studies that are showing why we should or shouldn't be doing a certain thing yeah, well, in this case, the case of EMF, the science, when I keep I keep saying it's very strong, it's it's thousands of studies. There's actually a review. So my father was one of the authors of something called the the Bioinitiative Report. And the Bioinitiative Report was created by a group of international researchers, like including my father, who surveyed uh thousands of studies on these questions of EMF and health and then summarized what they found just by surveying the science. But as I mentioned, they surveyed thousands, right? So if you go to bioinitiative.org, you can see the, the actual report. They summarize it on a conclusions page in, in pretty accessible language. But, uh, and that, that was just a portion of the science. And that was last updated 10 years ago. And there's been more science. So we're talking about thousands of studies at this point. Uh, into these questions of EMF and health. It's not just one or two. I mean, people, you know, I'm not going to come on, uh, people like me aren't going to come on shows like this and just start rattling off this science, this science, this science, this study, this study, because it doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense to anybody. But so we pick specific ones uh, to talk about to, to make specific points. But if you actually go out and, and look, there is a lot of science on this. In fact, one of the things my company did this year was we created a, um, uh, we call it the SYB EMF health effects app. And it's at shieldyourbody.com slash FX, the letters FX. And we have, a at, at, at the time you and I are talking now, we have about a thousand studies in there and we've indexed them based on specific EMF levels. So you can type in a specific level of EMF and then see a whole bunch of science that shows specific health effects at or below that exposure. So th 
there's just, I'm just trying to hit home the point that there is a lot of science on this question. This is not a poorly investigated area of science. I think one thing that's really on people's mind lately, especially COVID 2021, 2020, 2021, likely 2022. Um, and where I currently am, we're going into what is known as the cold and flu season. And a lot of people, I think, are really starting to appreciate health is wealth. And, you know, what are things that I can do to support my immune system so that I don't get COVID or I don't suffer the consequences as badly or I don't get the flu that knocks me out for three weeks at a time? Could you can you speak on EMF and the immune system and what, you know, maybe even some short term effects are of it and then leading into long-term, which you have talked about, you know, the autoimmune diseases and cancer and even the fertility. But I'm just wondering if there's a few more pinpoints for the immune system you can speak on. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, I think I mentioned uh, immunosuppression. So immunosuppression is when your immune system doesn't react as strongly as you want it to. Uh, and sometimes you, you actually want that, right? So if, if, if you are, if you're undergoing certain treatments, you don't want your body to react to those treatments as uh, as invasive, right? You you want them. You want your immune system to sort of stand down, and so you take these uh, immunosuppressive drugs to weaken your immune system so you can undergo these treatments. Uh, there's a researcher out of Europe, Ali Johansson, who who found uh, in a review of of research that that exposure to EMF can have the same effect as taking those immunosuppressive drugs, right? So EMF can suppress the immune system. Now uh, this in some, and this is probably, this is probably one of the most important topics in EMF. There's a condition often goes by the name EHS or electrohypersensitivity. It's sometimes called microwave sickness, sometimes called electromagnetic illness, sometimes just Wi-Fi allergies, and there are the, the estimates for how many people have this condition are varied, uh, but, but by one set of estimates, about 3% of people have significant EHS and up to 35% of people have some degree of EHS. And what this is, is like I say, it's Wi-Fi allergies. It's effectively an allergic reaction to exposure to EMF radiation. So whereas someone like you or I could walk into a room and be fine, someone with EHS could walk into that same room and start experiencing pain, auditory impact, rashes, and, and anxiety. Uh, and in some people, like I say, the condition is, is weak and manageable. In others, it is effectively debilitating and people have to move or give up their jobs and move and up and their entire lifestyle to move to lower EMF environments. So the immunosuppression, the immunosuppressive uh, behaviors that are that we've seen can contribute to this type of uh, EHS that we're seeing. And I believe you're going to see more and more and more of this as the levels of EMF in our environment increase, uh, the number of people who, who, who will be at a certain, uh, will have an exposure sufficient to trigger these types of symptoms will increase as well. And again, you know, it's a really wide range of, of symptoms, headaches, dizziness, fatigue, nausea, cognitive problems. And so that is, I believe that is a, and it's, I should note, it's formally recognized in a couple of countries in Europe. It's recognized in Medicare billing codes in the United States. And there are a few institutions around the world that actually can diagnose and treat this, including 
I believe it's called the Women's College in um, in Toronto. Uh, so so this is it, it's gaining in awareness, and it, it, it's also gaining in unfortunately in um, in the number of people who are who are suffering from it. But that was uh, that was immunosuppression. There are other studies that correlate EMF exposure to autoimmune diseases. So the the um, so chronic exposure to EMF radiation can trigger autoimmune diseases such as lupus, multiple sclerosis, and celiac disease. Um, and in fact, not only not only is the science showing that the science is there's there's actually a study which we link to from our blog uh, showing that using EMF protection products can reduce or eliminate autoimmune disease in in certain patients. So you you see these these, these two different things, right? You see immunosuppression and then you, where the, the immune system isn't working as strongly as it should. And then you also see autoimmune disease when the, the immune system is so uh, overpowered that it's attacking your own body. I would just throw in a couple, I mean, there's a lot, this is like a, a whole time, like this could be a whole show on its own, but there are, there are studies showing, for instance, that, um, EMF exposure can uh, stimulate the growth of mold in our environments. Mold obviously contributes to multiple diseases and can weaken the immune system. Um, so uh, mold, mold can produce uh, 600 times more biotoxins in the presence of certain levels of EMF in the environment. So, uh, and the final thing I would say is, because uh, I mentioned EHS, there are also other serious uh, conditions um, that people have, like Lyme disease, multiple chemical sensitivity, heavy metal toxicity. What, what we're finding is that there is cross-susceptibility to these. So if you have Lyme disease, you are more likely to have EHS and vice versa. The same for multiple chemical sensitivity and so forth. So these immune system uh, conditions uh, make you more susceptible to other immune system conditions. I want to be very mindful of your time. Like you said, I feel like this could be a whole other podcast interview, but it's as you're speaking, I'm in my head, I'm going, I feel like, you know, I I'm sure we've all known somebody who's like, there's, they're always sick. There's something always wrong. Or even somebody who's been diagnosed kind of like with fibromyalgia and doctors are going, we don't really know what it is. They're like your blood work is kind of showing that it's nothing like cancer or serious, but like clearly there's something going on, but we don't know what it is. And, you know, I, maybe this kind of gives somebody a little bit of an idea that to start looking a little bit more at something like this women's college in Toronto, I know is like, they look at a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of things that aren't out there, but you know, even things like pelvic health that can relate to other issues within the body. They tend to look at things and I won't just women, signal out women's health, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I would hope that this inspires somebody if they are feeling this way, they have been told, well, there's nothing like very obviously wrong with you, except we know you're not doing well to maybe to start to look at things like this. Maybe they are being exposed to radiation or EMF that's contributing to a suppressed immune system. And, you know, you, you said kind of towards the start, little things like removing your cell phone from your pocket, like these little things can start to really compound and make a difference in reducing your 
levels to it, which leads me to a question that I would love to ask. What are some free and expensive and maybe even like not really inexpensive, but products and they can be your own or other ones that you suggest that can really help us reduce our risk to uh, EMF? Sure. So great question. So the, the, uh, the best, this is what I always say. If you come to my website, you'll see it everywhere. The best EMF protection is free. It comes down to what I call the, the two key rules of EMF protection. And uh, that is to minimize your use of EMF emitting technology and to maximize the distance from that technology when it's in use. Now, minimizing your use, it is kind of intuitive, but uh, because the less of this stuff that you use, the less of this these forces you'll be exposed to. But as there is more and more and more tech in our lives, right? It, I, I think it becomes more important to just remember that, that, that decision and that you have to engage with that process every, every other time. So minimizing your use, uh, it is saying no to things like maybe your new smart thermostat or your new smart lock, but it's not only that, right? It's also, uh, I mentioned earlier, turning off your Wi-Fi at night or turning your phone into airplane mode when you don't need it to actually have an active connection. The, 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 the less you use this stuff, the less you'll be exposed to. The second key rule is maximizing distance. And maximizing distance matters because the power of EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. So if your phone is an inch away from your body versus two inches away from your body, by doubling that distance, you've cut the power of that exposure by 75%. So that's why it really matters uh, to keep this stuff as far away from you as possible. It also really matters. I, I, I'd like to underscore this because as more and more and more EMF is being deployed into our environments out of our control, right? Neighbors have Wi-Fi, cell towers going up, satellites going into the atmosphere. As more and more of that happens, it is still the stuff that is closest to your body that really makes a huge difference to your own personal levels of exposure. So that's why it's first minimizing use and second is maximizing distance. Now, you mentioned products, which is what I make and sell at SYB. Products form what I call the second line of defense because the first line of defense are those two key rules, not getting the exposures in the first place. But a lot of these exposures are unavoidable. So I say not to carry your phone in your pocket, for example, or your bra. And that is, that is very good advice. Uh, but some people have to, uh, or, or they just really want to. There's no other convenient way, uh, but maybe they need it on them for their job. So that's why, for instance, I make the phone pouch, which is uh, just a pouch for your phone. And you put your phone in the pouch and then put it in your pocket or on your belt. And the back of the pouch is lined with the shielding fabric. The front of the pouch is not. So that means the shielding fabric deflects the radiation away from your body, but because the front isn't shielded, your phone can still communicate and you send and receive text messages and so forth. All of my products are based on this thing, uh, what I just called shielding technology. This is universally accepted technology. It's almost 200 years old since Michael Faraday invented what we call the Faraday cage, where he showed if you weave conductive metals into certain patterns, you can block and deflect EMF radiation in much the same way that a shade blocks and deflects uh, sunlight. So all of my products are based on this. They are all lab tested and they're all testable by, by you as well at home with a, with a meter, uh, a decent quality EMF meter. So you can, you know, cause there's a lot of different 
if you if you just search online for EMF protection, there's kind of a, a really wide range, and you know some of it maybe isn't doesn't seem so legit. Uh, EMF shielding is based on universally accepted science, uh, and my products are all laboratory tested, and I show you how to to to, to test them for yourself. So I mentioned the foam pouch. Um, and I have several electronics accessories like that. Another category of uh, products that I make are apparel. So for instance, I make underwear for men, uh, which uh, is fantastic at, at protecting the reproductive organs. I make a, a, a bandana and a neck gaiter or a neck tube, which can, it's, it's also for the head and neck, uh, which is, uh, but it can be worn in all these different styles. And that's great for, I mean, it, it, it protects the area that it covers. So that's great for either protecting your brain uh, or your thyroid. A lot of people use, use those products for that. The apparel is great for protecting yourself against sources that are not in your immediate control, right? So if you're out and about in the real world and you, you want to reduce your exposure uh, to EMF out there, apparel is really the only way to do that. And then a third category is uh, bedding. So I make these bed canopies that create these full uh, 360 degree by 360 degree uh, protective cages effectively around your bed. So they, they, they work really well and they protect you all night long. So they, they provide tremendous shielding and they do it all night long. So, and it, you know, it, that's, that's obviously not 24 hours a day, but it's about a third of the day. And it's a really important third of the day because that's when you're supposed to be resting, rejuvenating, re-energizing for the next day. And so the, uh, and, and again, that, that is great because they, you know, it's, it's really hard to shield your entire house, but you can buy and install a canopy and then your, your bed becomes this refuge, uh, which is, so those are, those are really the three categories of products that I have, uh, which is like I say, electronics accessories, like my phone pouch, apparel, like my boxers and my bandana, and then, uh, canopies. I think these are all, you know, I, I keep saying to you, like you are somebody I think who like recognizes we can't get away from this, but you're doing what you can to help everybody reduce their amount to it, which I think is absolutely incredible. And I would just like to ask if there's anything that I haven't asked you, it could either be a fun fact, it could be a study, it could be just a, another tip or trick that you haven't mentioned yet that you want the listeners to know or to maybe be more aware of when it comes sure. to EMF or radiation? So uh, that, I, I appreciate you asking that question. I think the one thing I would say is if, I mean, so you can take the, the steps I just told you, you can take those steps and you can cut your exposure and it'll make a big impact. If you're carrying your phone in your pocket and you stop carrying your phone in your pocket, that'll make a big difference in your exposure. If you are concerned about your exposure to EMF radiation, I am a strong advocate for buying a decent meter and learning how to use it. I don't make or sell meters, but I do recommend them, uh, specific models. And this is because, again, you know, if you're carrying your phone in your pocket, you know that's a big source of your exposure. But as we talked about, right, EMF, it's invisible, it's odorless, you can't see, touch, smell, taste it. So with the obviously, like I say, there's certain obvious big exposures, but there's other ones that you may not know. And I'll give you a, 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 an example. You know, when I, I stay in Airbnbs, I bring my meter and, you know, there was one, I remember 
where it, it I, right where the couch was, the levels were just super high, like crazy high. Like I hadn't seen those in a regular house before. And, but three feet away from there, they were right. They were normal. Uh, and it must've had something to do with some crazy wiring in the wall or something. I mean, it wasn't my house. It was a rental. So I didn't, I didn't worry about solving it, but I would not have known that just three feet away was a much safer place to spend my time than, than, than that super high exposure area. And in general, the only way to know how much EMF you are exposed to is to learn how to test. And so that is why I am such a big advocate of learning how to test. And I have a ton of materials about testing on my site. Um, and as a starting point, I would, I would encourage your listeners to download the free ebook that you can get at shieldyourbody.com slash test. That's T-E-S-T. And that URL is important because, uh, like I say, we, we, we spend a lot on education at SYB. So there's all different kinds of ebooks that you can find on my site. I am pointing you to the one specifically at shieldyourbody.com slash test. That one has meter recommendations. It explains all the different kinds of units that you can encounter. It, it, it tells you what safer levels of exposure are and uh, links out to other resources as well. And so that is, and it's all free. That one is, it's just totally free. And if you are concerned about your EMF exposure, that is like the number one thing I would encourage people to do. Learn how to test. I feel like I need to get one of those. And then I'm going to go to everybody's house and pinpoint (laughs) where there's, I'm like, you need to change this up. If people want to learn more about you, maybe they're just really fascinated by this conversation. Maybe they want to purchase some of your products or just kind of check out more of your resources. Can you once again, let everybody know where they can go find your website, where they can find you online and all of that stuff? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So the website is shieldyourbody.com. That's shieldyourbody, all one word, dot com. And we, um, uh, we sell uh, not only in the United States, but in Canada, the UK, Australia. Uh, we are also Shield Your Body, again, all one word, on all the major social networks. Uh, the one I would recommend or st- most strongly encourage people to join us on is on YouTube. Uh, we have a very vibrant YouTube channel, hundreds of videos uh, some EMF education, some webinars, some podcasts, uh, and uh, including our own healthier tech podcast. So that youtube.com slash shield your body is my favorite of our social presences, but, but uh, we're shieldyourbody.com and shield your body on every social platform. Amazing. I have one final question for you. You gave us so many resources, people to check out your free ebook, but is there any other podcast book or resource that has brought you value? It doesn't even have to be related to EMF. It could be about health and wellness in general. It could be a fantastic fiction book that you love, but a book that you want to leave or a resource or podcast that you want to leave with our audience. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of podcasts, um, and the, there, there's this whole genre of them, uh, that are kind of radio plays and, um, the, there were a bunch and only one is coming to mind right now. So I'll just say that one it's rabbits, uh, which is, it is, it is just a, a fantastic story. It's, it's like a, a it's like a mystery, but a little science fictiony, 
um, and a little weird. And uh, the way that the way that they use sound and the pod, the medium of podcast to to really tell a powerful story is is really fantastic. So yeah, I would say rabbits on. Uh, so you can search for that on on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, amazing. Ara, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and expertise. I will make sure everything is linked in the show notes so people can go right to there to connect with you. I appreciate you coming on so much and, and sharing your story. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Megan. This has been a real pleasure. If you love this podcast episode, spread the love by sharing this with your friends and family, share it out on social media, and don't forget to give it a five-star rating and review. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful that you are here. Until next time.